Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back, guys. This week, we are doing 20.5 prep. I have uh, from uh, Wad Prep, Ben Jawalski. Ben, how are you? I am doing wonderful. It's been a week since we've talked, and I think you're looking even even more handsome. You, you missed me, didn't you? Yeah, I missed you. A whole oh. week. I know. I want to give you props for the last one we did where we were doing the 20.4 prep. I, I took everything you told me uh, in the podcast that morning and I went out to Cliffside that night and I completely discarded every word of it and totally screwed <laughs> it up. And then uh, I went back on Sunday and did everything you told me to do and I killed it. So, Oh, that's awesome. It's funny because I remember I like checked your Instagram right after it was maybe like an hour or so after our interview. And it was like, First time I've ever quit in a workout. And I'm like, oh my God, I must have given him the worst advice ever. He's going to hate me. He blew up. And then of course, like everyone does is you ignore the strategy that you come up with, which is kind of what I did last night doing 20.5, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm very glad that uh, the redo, your back didn't fire up too much and that you were able to, to smack it. If you could have created a checklist of here's what you should do wrong. I checked off every box. <laughs> Swear to God, like, and, and I knew it, you know, I, to be fair, I didn't quit. I mean, I, it is what I put on Instagram, but I didn't really quit the workout. Like I stopped to avoid injury. Like I got no, seven, sure. seven minutes in and, and my back was so tight. I'm like, all right, I'm at a point now where I can, I could finish and it'll be the only score I get for this workout, or I can tap out, take two days of recovery and try again with a better strategy, which is what I did. And in hindsight, that was way smarter. I mean, I, and that shows maturity. I mean, like, I, I feel like it's really important for everyone to understand this is like, there's this whole mindset in CrossFit where you like, you got to grind it out. And like, no matter what, get your reps in. There's been times in the middle of a workout. And I tell my athletes too, it's like, if you feel something is going wrong and you're even at just like your normal gym's workout, it's okay to be like, all right, guys, like, yeah, I'm tapping out here. Like actually my, my wife yesterday uh, was doing a workout and she like caught a snatch weird and had this weird twinge in her hip. And rather than pushing through it, she's like, Hey, I know this is just going to aggravate it even more. So I'm just going to scale it down. Um, and then when she started scaling down, it still hurt. She's like, all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go get on the, sit on the air bike for the rest of class. And, like that's maturity as a CrossFitter. It's the people who like, who grind it out and like, I'm going to get my reps in no matter what. And the inflammation just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the pain is worse. Well, that, that's the culture, isn't it? I mean, when I started, you know, this is the culture early on when, you know, pukey was still the mascot and, and um, that's what people would, would do. And my coach at the time, it's exactly what she was like. Like we'd be in the middle of a workout and she didn't think you were working hard enough. She'd add weights to your bar. She'd change out your kettlebell. You know, you could never scale back beyond what she programmed. And it was brutal in my body. And I've learned just, you know, really even just in the last couple of years that, you know, not only is it okay to scale back, it's okay if you're in the middle of a workout and you're like, all right, I chose the wrong weight. You can still change weights middle of the workout. There's no shame in that. Like there's no reason to sit there and suffer and, and not get out of it what you want to get out of it and potentially injure yourself just out of pride and ego. It's just, it's yeah. just dumb. You know? the ego is a huge, huge component of this sport, especially like the whole competitive nature of it is great. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. It's like my sport, because I'm a washed up, like, you know, high school average athlete. Um, and now this is my sport, but at the same time, if, if you're mature enough to like, understand that, like, in order for me to stay healthy long-term and to be able to keep doing CrossFit, I need to make sure that I don't hurt myself early on because being injured is not functional. 
So that's what I love about like your page is like you promote and you actively troll people who are like, if you can do, you know, like if you can do a ring muscle up, you have to RX this workout. When in reality, it's like, who really cares if you scale down and you get chin over bar pull-ups in the scale division, like that's still a great workout. And there's probably a lot of people who are pissed that it's chin over the bar pull-ups. Um, you're, you're, you're getting a good workout. You're moving the entire time. And who really cares how you stack up against the competition? If that's something you do care about, then obviously you do need to take into consideration whether you can do RX or not. But if you're just there to like have fun and like throw down with your friends at the gym, who cares what you do? Just like make, if you have fun with fitness, you're going to want to stick with it. And that's like my whole theory with CrossFit is like the reason CrossFit is great is because people have fun with it. They're willing to have fun with a meme account. They're willing to like make jokes like I've been doing in, in my YouTube videos. Like if you have fun with fitness and then also get more fit and maybe look a little bit better naked, all of it comes together and you'll stick with it for the long run. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the trolling this week because all, you know, there's going to be a big majority of those people that have been making fun of me for scaling. They're going to be staring at the rings for probably a good eight minutes, yep. uh, depending on how long it takes them to get there. For um, sure. So speaking of that, let's talk about uh, 20.5. So we got, uh, I think your prediction, you were predicting uh, rowing and, and wall balls at some point, I think, from remembering. Yeah, we, so two weeks in a row, we said uh, ring muscle ups, wall balls, and rowing. And we got it. You know, I think everybody saw that coming, but Hey, Hey, look, I'm excited. I'm six feet tall. So all you short athletes can suck it. Like, this is great for me. Like, this is the one workout last year I did really well in. So I'm, I'm getting my hopes up, uh, for this one that it's got two movements that I really like. And, and it's a lot of reps of those two movements. It is. I would say the one thing that it's not, uh, it's not a row workout. Um, a lot of people, like I've seen a lot of people like talking strategy on the rower and stuff like that. I wouldn't even consider this a row workout. Um, they're just, honestly, the row, it can be used as a buffer in between your pool, whatever your pool is, whether that's pull-ups or ring muscle-ups and the wall balls, it's kind of like a buffer in between there, but really those wall balls and the, whatever your pool is, that's, I think where the magic is made in this workout, but it certainly does help if you're six foot tall. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the workout. So it's essentially, if you're doing an RX, you've got uh, 40 ring muscle-ups, you got an 80 calorie row and 120 wall balls with a 20 pound ball. If you're a male, uh, 14 pound ball. If you're female in the scale division, uh, like mine, you get a uh, the benefit of the 14 pound ball, which I love as much as I love my daughters. And uh, <laughs> and you get to do chin over the bar pull ups um, instead of ring muscle ups. So let's just kind of jump into strategy. Like, where do you start with this? Just a lot of reps, a lot of movements. Where do you start? Sure. So let's assume. Uh, whoever's trying to do this workout is trying to get the best score possible. Um, and then I'll run through three different scenarios. So I, I put this like, this is a three different scenario workout. Scenario number one is the athlete who is like, I can do zero of the pulling movement, whether that's ring muscle ups or chin over bar pull ups, or for the, the RX masters, let's say chest of bar or um, for the scaled masters, like 55 plus, it's a totally different workout because it's jumping chest of our pull-ups. So we'll talk about that maybe in a second, but for the overall majority of people, it's like, if you are like, Hey, I'm in the scale division, I'm 30 years old and there's no way I can do a pull-up. Then this workout is exactly what you talked about. It's, you know, 10 to 14 minutes of going as hard as you can on the row and the wall ball. I would recommend breaking it up into like 
basically manageable sets of wall balls so that you can stay unbroken on the wall balls where people really get killed here uh, with 20 minutes and so many reps, the, the, any time that you spend not accumulating reps, you're basically flushing those down the drain. So whatever you can do to always be accumulating reps is how you're going to get the best score possible. Normally you can always accumulate reps in the rower, right? You just, even if it's slow, you're still accumulating, but with the wall balls, when you drop the ball and you're looking at it, and like when I watch my, I recorded myself doing it last night. When I watch myself, just like kind of like sort of like on my knees, just like looking at the ball and saying, do I really want to pick this back up? That was not good. We don't want that. So for, again, this person who can't get any of the pulling movements, you want to break up into manageable sets of wall balls. So for 120 wall balls, let's say you think you can do 20 at a time. You're like, I can do 20 unbroken every single time then you could do six rounds. So you would basically divide your row into six or close to six, and then just hit 20 wall balls each round and then spend as little time as possible transitioning between the movements. But what that's going to do is that'll keep you fresh for the wall balls. You hop on the row, you row, just nice, steady, controlled pace, uh, you know, make it burn a little bit. But the main thing is like unbroken on those wall balls. And that's how you're going to get a good score. And then Let's, let's say like, let's estimate you get that done 12 to 14 minutes. Then you have all that time to try to accumulate your first reps on the pull. Uh, because one rep of that pull up will separate you from tens of thousands of athletes that can't get that first rep. Um, so for this, for this particular athlete, front loading the wall balls in the row, you get a good tie break score. And then you have all this time to try to get your first rep. Just make sure that you watch like we have a few strategy guides about it. There's a couple different strategies you can use. Like I do this thing called the box drop-in method, which kind of like helps you get into your, it's like jumping into your kip and it gives you a little bit more momentum than the people who just kind of j- jump up to the bar and then death swing around like Tarzan um, and use that to try to get your first few reps. And again, if you get one, two reps of the pull-ups in that last you know six, seven minutes, you've automatically surpassed tens of thousands on the leaderboard. So that's, that's like strategy one. Strategy two is for the person who knows they can accumulate a few reps. Like maybe you're like, Hey, I know that I'm good for like maybe six pull-ups total in a day. Uh, you know, you, you can't get that many, but you know, you can maybe get a few, or if you're same thing with the ring muscle-ups, you're like, I can do like two muscle-ups, maybe a day or a week. Then I would front load your muscle-up or your pull-up work, which means you'd basically Three, two, one, go. You're fresh. You're ready to go. You knock out three to five minutes worth of as many of those pulls as you can. So ring muscle-ups or pull-ups. And then once that clock hits five minutes, then your job, you have to, you must finish the wall ball in the row. Because the only way accumulating reps at the pull movement matters is if you can finish the wall ball in the row. You have to get a tie break score. The, what I see a lot of people like, I'm, I guess I am going to call someone out, but uh, I won't say their specific name, but a major programming company suggested that people who are in this category do 10 minutes of pulling work and then do the wall ball and row in 10 minutes. Spoiler alert, that's a terrible strategy because a lot of people aren't going to finish the wall ball in the row in that final 10 minutes. So you have to make sure that you give yourself enough time. I'm going to say 15 minutes to finish the wall balls in the rowing after accumulating some reps while you're fresh in the beginning. And then if you have like a minute left or 90 seconds left, you come back to the bar or the rings and try to get a few more reps. 
does that make sense? I've gone on a rant for like eight minutes at this point. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, the, so I think the, like the gist here is like, there's a tie break and the tie break is the rowing and the wall ball. So if you can't do ring muscle ups or, or you think you might get one, maybe two, you should do row, you should do row and wall balls first, get that out of the way and then sit there and stare at the rings and try to get it done. So if you think you can get one or two, I'm going to argue you should do those one or two first. Get up, like get them in the bank because if you like, let's say you sprint the wall and the or the wall balls and the rowing. If you sprint that to get a good tie break time, uh, in my video I actually I called it a trap, like you know the Star Wars meme. It's a trap um, because what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to get your good tie break time, and then all of a sudden those one or two muscle ups you thought you had in your back pocket are nowhere to be found. All right, I got you. So if you so if you can't do them, don't do them though. Right. Right. If you flat out cannot do them, then wall ball and row first. Get the tie breaks. Good. Gotcha. But okay. if you think you have one or two in the tank and you like you have to know yourself in this workout. But if, if you're like, I can do it or I can get my first one, then do it so again, like three to five minutes. Get a rep or two, even just one rep of the pull up, or one rep of the ring muscle up will beat every single human being on Earth that does a good tie break score and then gets a big fat zero on the, the, the ring muscle-ups or the pull-ups. So again, like get that one rep in the tank. Even if you just want to do one, you can literally like three, two, one, go. It starts, you knock out one ring muscle-up and you're like, all right, that's the only one I'm going to get today. Then go do your rowing and wall balls. And then the rest of the time, try to come back to the rings or the bar and get the pulls. Gotcha. All right. And so, so now we've got those two strategies. Let's talk about the people that can do all three movements. And I think, you know, this is where I've spent all night last night and most of the day today doing very complex math of, you know, do you do this thing straight through as a chipper? Do you, you know, break it into two rounds four I've, I've, I've literally done the math on two rounds, four rounds, five rounds, uh, which all, you know, it's all divisible by that. So it makes it easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then there's the really complex where, you know, you're like, maybe I knock out, you know, the row and the muscle ups first and, you know, whatever, yeah. like, how would you approach it? So, this that this is last night when I was creating our strategy video. I just sat and looked at a whiteboard for like a solid five minutes without talking. And the the guys that are with me are like, Ben, are you okay? And I'm like, math, math. Because this this workout is all about math. If the the true coaching answer, like if I was coaching you one-on-one, we would come up with an exact rep scheme that's gonna keep you accumulating reps the entire time without having to break up anything ever. So unbroken on everything. And I would come up with this rep scheme, maybe where we front load some of the pull-ups and then back load some of the wall balls to like finish with a hero set of unbroken wall balls. Since you said that's kind of one of your strengths, especially at that 14 pounder. But for me personally, when I'm doing a workout like this, I'd rather reduce complexity in my brain. And I don't have a coach that's over my shoulder. You know, not everyone has the luxury of having someone have them stick to their exact super complicated math rep scheme. So me personally, when I did this workout last night, I did it with a friend and we were like basically going head to head. He's won two workouts. I've won two workouts and we both have different strengths. He's like a tall guy, great on the rower, not so good on the muscle ups. So he did eight rounds of five ring muscle ups, uh, 15 calorie row or no, excuse me, five ring muscle ups, 10 calorie row, 15 wall balls. He did eight rounds of that. Me, I'm like, I can do muscle ups all day long. So I made my sets bigger. So I did 10 ring muscle ups, uh, four rounds of 10 ring muscle ups, 
wall row and then 30 wall balls. And I did beat him with that strategy, but we both agreed at the end, the ultimate strategy for both of us probably would have been something in the five to six round range where I, I had to start breaking up my muscle ups in my second and third, or excuse me, in my uh, third and fourth rounds. So whatever you can do to keep your pull-ups or your, like if you're doing the scale division, whatever you can do to keep your pull-up sets unbroken and then stay unbroken on the wall balls, that's what you need to do. So again, like, like how, how many unbroken um, chin over bar pull-ups can you do or like on a good day? Um, that's a good question. I look, I know I, I've already kind of done the math on what I could do unbroken. Cause I was thinking the same thing you're saying here. Like, I know I could do, if I were doing this in sets of four rounds, I'm positive. I could do four rounds of 10 unbroken, no problem. But then it pushes that pushes the wall balls up to 30, which would be probably yeah. right at the edge of my unbroken capability. Sure. So my thought was that, you know, I'm probably, instead of doing four rounds, I'm probably smarter to do five rounds. Totally. And take it down to eight, which again, I know I can do without a problem. And then that takes the wall balls to 24, which truthfully is like, I know I can do 24. It'll hurt like hell. Yeah. So I know I'm putting myself in for a hard time by doing that, but I think I can do it. In order to get the best score in this workout, you, that's exactly what you need to find. It's like, where's that line where it's like, you're kind of pushing things a little bit. You're taking a chance. Like for me, the chance I took last night was a little bit too big. I broke up the wall balls a couple times. And I broke up the muscle ups a couple of times. It was just too big of a, of a shot to the moon. Right. And I, and I had spent some time looking at the ground and not accumulating reps. But like you're saying, if you just take that and tone it down just a little bit, five rounds and you're like, Hmm, 24 wall balls. Like, I can do that. I, I know I can hang on to that. And even if you want like a, a real strategy behind this, you could tone down the muscle or excuse me, tone down the wall balls in the beginning and then your final set, like maybe you do 20 each round and then your final set is like that bigger chunk, like the, you know, 30 or maybe 32 is what it would end up. I don't know math, but the final like hero set at the end, when you're like, okay, now it's time to essentially black out, then you could probably gut it out and finish strong. But ultimately we want to be feeling good the entire workout. Cause as soon as you hit that wall and you're like, I'm not feeling so good, then you're just, you're just going to spend time wasted. But I, th- I think doing exactly what you said, if you're like, I, th- I think I can do 10, but I don't know, scaling down to eight is exactly what you should do. So what do you, what would you think about a strategy then under the same theory of you just want to keep moving and accumulating reps? Like I'm a hundred percent positive. I could do eight rounds of five pull-ups, 15 uh, wall balls. The transition time would be virtually nothing because they're side by side. And then when you've completed those eight rounds, you just get on the rower and knock out your 80 cows and you're done. So that's an interesting strategy. The, the only thing that I worry about, um, and this is if people who are doing RX2 need to listen to this. I've heard a lot of people talk about this strategy where it's like, you just finish on the row, one unbroken row at the end. The issue is like a couplet of muscle ups and wall balls is painful. A couplet of pull ups and wall balls is also kind of pain, painful because the pull-ups, we are using a lot of shoulders. We're using our chest. The wall balls, it's while there's a lot of leg drive in there, you're supporting that weight the whole time. It's all about your capacity for wall balls. So like if wall balls tends to smoke you and get your heart rate up, then doing a couplet of those two could be really nasty. I personally like the row in there as like a buffer, but 
there is something to be said for like eliminating transitions and like hopping on the row and then just like gutting it out for 80 calories. It could work because you don't have to worry about unstrapping your feet and restrapping your feet. Like every single time that eats up a lot of seconds. So ultimately like whatever strategy you do decide, you need to be very conscious of the transition. So you actually mentioned something you like your pull-ups and your wall balls are very close to each other right? That needs to factor into your strategy. If you're at a gym where your wall ball target is really far away from your muscle ups and your end or your pull up station, that also needs to factor into your equation. You might not want to do a whole bunch of rounds. You might want to kind of stay there and take a few breaths and have to break up your sets a little bit because every time you walk back and forth, you have time to like, think about the pain that you're in. Uh, that's my buddy, Jimmy, who I did it with last night, who did the eight rounds, uh, the eight rounds of five, 10, 15. He's like, man, I was feeling good, but then transitioning from the wall ball back to the muscle ups, I just started thinking about it because he had kind of a long walk and just to him thinking like, wow, I still have three more rounds of this crap. This sucks. And you can see it just like slowed him down on the transitions. And because there's so many transitions, it eats up a ton of time. The whole time I thought he was beating me, like literally the entire time. And it turns out when we watched the video, I was ahead of him the entire time just because I had less transitions. I was able to keep accumulating reps. So that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it until you started talking about, you know, where this, you know, kind of affects your body. And in essence, this workout is Fran with a row. It's light Fran because it's a ball instead of a barbell. Yep. But, you know, you're still talking about roughly the same movements. And in my case, it almost is Fran because it is pull-ups and then what is essentially thrusters with a ball. Yep. Um, you know, uh, albeit more reps, but yeah, you know, so now that I'm, th- now that double, I'm thinking about let's call it, it double Fran. Yeah. So now I'm thinking like, I would never consider doing a row after Fran. So now I'm, now I'm questioning all my life choices. Um, and here's a, here's one thing I will suggest. So I know that like, I mean, you're a classic example of someone who's done a workout and then you're able to, you've retested and improved on most of them except for one, right. One of which you didn't improve the deadlift yeah, I should, have, I should have redone that one in hindsight, yeah. but yeah, I didn't improve. We told everyone they shouldn't have redone that one. I yeah. will say that. This one, I'm going to give my, the one prep stamp of redo approval. This is a, like, you're going to get done this workout. Your legs are going to be blown up. I was actually pretty surprised at how blown up my legs were uh, for my final set of 30 wall balls, which is like, oh my gosh. But the next day you're going to feel great. And you can totally, like, you, it's like, a, this is like chest almost. You can try, attempt one strategy that is like maybe a stretch goal and you're fresh, you stretch it. Like for me, again, the four rounds, it was kind of like a stretch goal. If I wasn't committed to one and done this year uh, for my mental sanity, I would definitely be redoing this workout on Sunday or Monday. Um, You can even redo this one three times. As long as the pull-ups aren't, you know, this pull-ups are easy for me or easy for you, then it's not a big deal. You could redo this multiple times and just totally change the way you do it. Like you could try it as a full-blown chipper, which I think is a terrible idea, mind you. But you could try it as a full-blown chipper. You could try doing four rounds or three rounds, you know, big, big sets. And then you could try the super-duper quick, efficient transition where you're like not even strapping yourself into the row. That's like if you are going to do a lot of transitions, do not strap your feet into the rower. Like literally just like have the, the straps a little bit loose. So you slide them in, yank, 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 pull, whatever. And then you can slide them out without even fiddling with the, with the actual foot straps. That's like a, a pro tip because you're not going to help yourself that much by cinching each one down and spending a minute trying to figure out in the middle of the workout how to remove your foot from the strap. 
Yeah, it was, um, it was my thought that probably five or six rounds would be the way to go for this and like not strapping in, you know, particularly if you're talking about calorie rows where you're doing, you know, what is that? If you're doing six rounds, it's like 12, 14 reps. I can't do, I can't do math. Um, but even so, like, you know, you're not going to be on that rower very long at all. And, you know, every second you're strapping, every second you're transitioning is seconds you could be accumulating reps. So that was initially my thought is just, just jump on and start pulling. Um, yeah. Like as you're sitting down, you should be yanking on the, on the handle. Like don't, don't allow yourself to like, I'm even watching our recording last night of Jimmy and I going head to head, like the first round he's sitting there and he like straps in his right foot, straps in his left foot. And I'm just on the row already pulling and I'm, and I was already five muscle ups ahead of him just the first round. And it was just like, wow, he wasted five huge seconds there. And if he did that eight times, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a long, long time just strapping into the rower, accumulating exactly zero reps. Yeah. We, uh, we did a wide this week that is kind of right in the wheelhouse of this one. This is where I give Saxon and Spencer real credit. They do a, they do an amazing job programming and they've been really thoughtful during this open to on the off days when we're not doing redos and, and we're actually doing open wads. And they've been really thoughtful to make sure that they're programming things that uh, they don't think we'll see in the open, but are similar in capacity and um, give you that kind of the same stimulus, the same feeling. And so we did this wad two days ago. It was started with a 45 calorie assault bike, which sucked. And then uh, you go into 15 over the bar burpees, 15 ring push-ups, 15 over the bar burpees, and then you end on 45 wall balls. Mm-hmm. And so this week I got that stimulus of, all right, I have to do a big set right at the end and mm-hmm. see what it feels like. And it yep. hurt like hell, but to their credit, now I know exactly what I'm in for tonight. If I end on a big set or if I'm doing a set bigger than I wanted to do. Sure. And I really, I really like, uh, we've mentioned, we touched on it earlier, but I do really like the strategy in hindsight. If I were to redo it, I like the idea of like front loading those pulling movements. This is for people who can handle them with capacity. So do that triplet, you know, rotate between your pool, your, your row and the wall ball, keep the wall ball set like a little on the lower side. So you hit it unbroken every freaking time you like, it was funny while I'm rowing the entire time I was rowing, I wasn't focused on the rower. I was literally hyping my mind up and saying, you're going to go unbroken. You can do it, Ben. Like that positive self-talk that like Josh Bridges talks about. It's really important in this workout. Cause if you're negative self-talk and you're like, I suck at CrossFit. I hate wall balls. I'm only five foot nine and I wasn't designed for this workout. And then all of a sudden you're going to look at the ball and not want to pick it up. But shorten shorten the wall balls just a little bit so you can hit it with confidence unbroken every time fast transitions like almost like a jog in between the stations and then at the end like you hop off that row after your your last row and you have maybe a bigger chunk of wall balls that you need to hit out then like dig deep and like prove that like you are a good crossfitter or prove to yourself that you can handle the mental challenge of keep throwing that ball because you can do it. Wall balls, I think are, are one of the most mentally challenging movements. Uh, CJ from CrossFit Invictus used to program uh, workouts where there were 15 unbroken wall balls at 30 pounds. And I remember him like always writing in the comments, no matter how tired you are, you can do 15 wall balls. Like no matter what, it's a pure mental game. And of course I always hear him talking in my ear whenever I'm doing wall balls. It's like, you better hit at least a set of 15. 
And I was doing it at 30 pounds. So when I had this 20 pounder, it's like, no, I can keep going. Even though it sucks, I know that I'm, you're not going to miss a wall ball shot. Like very rarely will you actually miss a wall ball shot. And even if you do, you can still catch it and go back up and you're going to hit the next rep. So ending with that hero set, whether that's a set of 20 or a set of 30, I think that could be a great way to like just finish strong and like end the open with a bang and also help you get your best score. You know, it's, it's so funny you say that my first coach, um, who, uh, ended up, um, a couple of years later after he had left our gym, ended up, he was a master's athlete, ended up going and finished second at the games. So he was a hell of an athlete and a really good coach. And, uh, when I was first starting CrossFit, I would do what you're describing. Like I just go stare at the ball and I didn't want to move. And he would say to me, it doesn't hurt any worse at that 15th and 20th rep as it does at the first rep, the pain won't be any different. You just have to keep moving. And I've never forgotten that. And so now, even now when I do high rep wall balls and, you know, my lungs are burning and I'm feeling my shoulders getting fatigued, I can always sit there and have that kind of positive mindset. And I, I think your point of you have to go into this with a positive mindset, not thinking what can't I do, but what can I do totally. in a wad that has 240 reps is yeah. really, really critical to get it done in the best time possible. Yeah. And use a couple, like there's a few wall ball techniques where like, I mean, we talk about it in our strategy guide where when you throw the ball up, don't leave your arms hanging high, you know, don't leave them up in the air. Cause like literally me just doing this on video, it's like, wow, my shoulders are kind of tired. Every single time you throw the ball, like throw and then let them settle. Like let your, like do that clearing stroke where you throw, you go like this, you bring your arms back down and it, it just helps loosen up the, the very tight blood uh, induced musculature. Like you literally just like relax. And it's literally, I'm just like shaking out my shoulders every single rep. Um, and then also another technique, uh, especially for the shorter among us, I'm five, nine and a half for everyone else out there. Who's under six foot um, jump. Like when it starts getting hard, just like literally l- allow yourself to jump a little bit off the ground. And you'll be amazed just that extra little hip hop that you're getting all of a sudden that wall ball, just keep floating up there. So it's a mental battle, but you use a couple little tricks and again, always keep convincing yourself like, like one more, two more, three more, like just keep positive self-talk while you're, while you're holding on to that wall ball. That's going to be so much better than just that negative self-talk. I'm like, wall ball suck. I can't believe I had 15 more to do. Cause then as soon as that wall ball hits oddly or spins, you know, in the wrong direction, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I give up. I'm letting it drop to the ground. So just be aware that that's going to happen. And if you positive self-talk your way through it, you'll probably be able to overcome. You know, I was watching uh, Vellner do this workout last night and he was doing what you described, which is, you know, letting his arm settle, but he was only doing it on one arm, which was so weird to me. Like it was just his, Oh, I didn't uh, see it with one arm. That's it. Yeah. And it was his left arm. His back was to us. And yes, yeah, so if you go back and watch the video, I watched it for a while. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like he's only clearing out the one arm and I couldn't figure out why, you know, maybe he's just right arm dominant and he doesn't need to, but. Uh, it was just really, really interesting to see, um, you know, my kind of my mindset on these big sets of wall balls is, you know, it, particularly if I'm doing rounds, this is what I did last year in, in 19 or in the spring, which is, I know what my number is. And so I just always think, I know I can hit that number, but the payoff is, is when I'm done, I can move on to the next movement. So yeah. I'm, I might kind of, my positive mindset is, you know, and which I'll probably be using tonight, which is, all right, I get to go back and do pull-ups, which I do really well, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know, I, I, I like the strategy. I think I'm probably going to either do five or six rounds tonight. And if it doesn't pay off, I'm just going to blame you. I think that'll be fine. No, I, I um, love that. I think that's a great idea. 
Yeah. So we'll see. So we all, we all have a couple more minutes, Ben. Um, let's talk about your YouTube page. Uh, you guys have a lot of exciting stuff going on over there. What do you guys have happening? So right now, as of recording, we're sitting at about 92,000 subscribers, okay, which is exciting, uh, but it's also not 100,000. So what we're doing, because CrossFit and CrossFit coaching completely changed my life, when we hit 100,000 subscribers, a wad prep as a company, we are giving away a CrossFit level one certification. So we haven't even come up with a name for this yet, but maybe like the wad prep level one grant or something like that. Basically, once we get to 100K subscribers, um, we're going to celebrate by basically picking someone to give them a level one cert. The, the way to like officially sign up for this is like, you obviously subscribe to the YouTube channel and then you sign up for our email list by just going to wadprep.com. Click any of the buttons on the page. You'll figure it out. Just sign up for the email list. You'll get a bunch of good free content that'll help you get better at things like muscle ups and double unders and yada, yada, yada. And once we hit that 100K mark, we're going to basically like have an application process or more of like, it's more of like a community. Like I want to hear your story and why you, why having a CrossFit level one cert would change your life. And I'm like, we have such an international following. I'm super excited to get just videos and stories from people from all over the globe. I know that these level one certs are very pricey, especially for the non-US crowd. Exchange rates are rough. This level one is pricey. And I'm just, I'm super excited to be able to help support someone. Someone helped me, Christmas Abbott, back when I got my level one, she basically split the cost with me. Um, So I didn't eat for three weeks. I was able to save $500. And then she, she paid the other half. And then I went and coached at her gym to like kind of pay it off. But just having someone help me get my level one ultimately changed my entire life. And here I am. I talk about CrossFit all the time. And this is what I do now. It's wad prep. So whatever we can do to give back to the community, um, I think 100K is the perfect time to do that giveaway. So, yeah. But yeah, the, the L one's pricey, man. I mean, you know, Greg's got to pay for that Mercedes van he's driving all his kids around in. So, yeah, uh He's got to pay for his sweatshirt somehow. Yeah. Hey, look, he tra- he actually drives a, a, a Toyota Tacoma, which I was, when I met him and he pulled up in that thing, I'm like, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't a pickup. I was so excited. I was like, yeah. man, he, you know, cause it's just such a normal guy's car and he has a very normal person, but oh, totally. like I was expecting it. Like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, if I had more money than God, I'd be pulling up my Lambo or <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it yeah, was, I've it, never gotten the Lambo vibe from, from Glassman. Yeah, it's not it's not really his thing. The pickup actually kind of suits him, you know. But yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, the level one's you know thousand bucks, right? That's about what yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I haven't gotten mine yet. I plan to at some point, but um, I've got numerous friends that have it, and so I think it's an amazing benefit you guys are offering. And you know, uh, and hopefully you'll be at a hundred thousand no times no time flat. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 really close, and we know it's going to happen soon. And ultimately, we just like the trickle down effect of having someone a lot of times that level one is like the barrier for someone either to start their own CrossFit gym or to, um, you know, be hired as a CrossFit coach. Like I really want to intern at this local gym, but I don't have my level one. I mean, I know diamond, like those stories are a dime a dozen. And I just really am looking to give someone just that boost. Um, and hopefully they'll change people's lives. Well, look, I'm, you know, with both the people that listen to my podcast, I'm sure they'll both sign up. So that's great. Yeah. And we're going to uh, have 92,002. Yeah. Be awesome. By the end of the day, it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're right up against the end of time. So I'll just uh, tell everyone, uh, do yourself a favor, go out to wadprep.com, check out their website, 
go to the YouTube page, make sure you subscribe and, uh, you know, sign up to try to win your level one and also check out the page on Instagram, huge help during the open. Uh, just because I'm not taking their advice doesn't mean you shouldn't. And, <laughs> and if you uh, want your first pull-ups or, and or first ring muscle-ups, we have so many tips about those. You can do it. Open magic is real. Yeah, good stuff. So we will uh, we'll have you back soon, Ben. Appreciate you being on. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks a lot. Have a great day.